Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, man? This is CJ2K. And I want y'all to check out the BTM podcast. I'm on here talking about some of my best years, some of the new era running backs, and all the things that I got going on post-career. Like I say, check out BTM Podcast. Let's go behind the mask. What up? What's happening, man? Welcome back to another episode of this BTM Podcast. I am your host, Takeo Spike, sitting alongside my dog, too. But he likes to go by the name of the Your favorite plus-size model, Tuton Reyes, in the building. Did you see it? You ain't been flat. This dude, you know what I'm saying? You wearing a tight t-shirt and don't be working out. Hey man, got that holiday weight off me though. You know what I'm saying? Went hiking and everything. You know what I mean? Trying to get right. I think we can agree on that, man. <laughs> so without further ado, we just need to jump right into it, man. Uh, we take special pride in bringing great guests on the BTM podcast. And this right. next one is our all-time favorite. Because yeah. I have a personal story to throw in there too. But. Let me read off his resume, man, so everybody can get familiar. First team All-Pro, mm-hmm. three-time Pro Bowler, led the NFL in rushing yards in 2009. He's also part of the 2,000-yard rushing club, right? And NFL Offensive Player of the Year in yeah. 2009. Holds so many records, but the one that's, that's really big he holds the record for most scrimmage yards in a season for 2,509, which is stupid. Crazy. Man, without further ado, man, y'all, let's welcome to the BTM podcast, Chris Johnson. What's happening? Chilling, chilling. That's about it, man. How are you? How are you? I mean, I've been good, man. Just chilling, retired life, man. I've been retired for like three years now. So just, man, just first time being able since probably like elementary school, being able to just chill and work out when I want to work out and stuff like that, basically. Well, Spikes has read off all your accolades. I know he had a tough time tackling you <laughs> during his days. He <laughs> he got a story we're going to get into. But um. Man, we're going to set this thing off, BTN. We're going to go behind the mask. So we got a segment that we like to uh, bring our guests and introduce them to our audience called This or That. We ask you one thing or the other, and you just got to answer how you feel. So you ready to rock, man? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so Chris Johnson is the GM of the Titans. Titans need a running back in the draft, and still available are Chris Johnson and Derrick Henry. So the 2022 draft, first round, the Tennessee Titans pick, Chris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? You already know. Man, I just know the type of player I am, man. Like, in the type of player I was, like, man, wasn't nobody messing with me. Like, I like when I was coming in the league, like, my focus was so hard on being the best back in the league and the best back ever. So, like, my head was so strong. Like, wasn't nobody going to outdo me. Wasn't nobody going to outdo me. It don't matter what type of school they went to, a bigger school, what conference they came out of, it didn't matter. Like I had that chip on my shoulder and I came in, I came in the lead running. All right. Let me ask you this. Would you rather have a 2000 rushing yard season and win the rushing title or 700 yards rushing and win a Super Bowl? Give me 2000. 
<laughs> Give me two thousand, cause you you get seven hundred yards and win a Super Bowl, man. Them people ain't trying to pay you. <laughs> they ain't. Guess what they gonna say? They gonna they gonna say the quarterback did it. Ah, oh, facts. They gonna give all the quarterback the glory. Seven hundred yards, rushing yards. There ain't nothing. anybody can do that. <laughs> there. You kept it thorough, though. No, that, that's hey, 100. Real talk, because if I if 700 yards in, in a Super Bowl, y'all probably wouldn't even be interviewing me right now. <laughs> and you know what? You are you are high. You know what I'm about to see? I'm about to do the math. Good. So 700 divided by 16 games. Whoa. Oh, that's only 44 yards a game. Damn. Right. I think I can get in there and give you 44 <laughs> yards a game, bro. So you're right. Yeah. Oh, them numbers, them numbers got to be better than that. Them numbers got to be like fifteen, sixteen hundred in the Super Bowl, not seven hundred. We had to, we had to make it tough for you. Yeah, you made it easy. You was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So check it. You actually raced a cheetah before. So yeah. this or that, like a real live cheetah, right? So yeah. this or that. Who would win in a race? Prime CJ two K or the cheetah Tyreek Hill? Two K man. 2K, easy. Easy. <laughs> easy. That's a grand slam. That's it? Mike yeah, that's a grand slam. It ain't. I think when Tyreek came out, he was like running like probably 4-3 something. Something like that. I don't know exactly. I had the fastest 40 for like 10, 11 years straight. And I was 200 pounds when I ran it. He probably like 165, 170. I'm three, 30, 30 pounds heavier. Still moving. Yeah. Overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa. A network giving small businesses tools to grow. All right, so Peep this you accomplished a lot, bro. And I I think that stretch of 2008 to 2010 was outstanding. Mm. But out of all of the years that you played, which season is the most memorable to you? Honestly, a lot of people they might say my 2,000 yard season, but man, that my rookie year. And not just because of the stats or what I did and stuff. It was like, man, that year really solidified a lot of things. Like, that's been my dream for me to go to the NFL and play in the NFL and just not just make it there, like be a a star player in the league. Like, I really came in and really accomplished my dream. So I was like, I was still dreaming, like, throughout my whole first year. I'm like, I'm really here. And I'm not just here, like, on the team like I'm a rookie and I'm out here playing with all these guys like all these guys I've been seeing playing like coming up playing against them guys these guys from all these big conferences and big teams and USC and Texas and all that I'm really out here playing with these guys so like I never forget that that my rookie year like I never forget that was that like was that 2008 yeah 2008 so I remember I was playing with San Francisco during that time from 08 to 010. And 
I remember you came out there, and I can't remember what year it was. Maybe it was that 2,000-yard season. And we had Patrick Willis. And that was the you know first time to where I was like, man, I got Patrick Willis. And I know I still can run. I came out and ran a 4-5, four, 4-5-2. Five, four, five, and I was like, I can handle stuff in between the tackles. But I was like, I'm, I'm ready to play against CJ, though. Dog, I remember you broke out on the counter. And yeah. I've seen Pat, we've seen Patrick Willis catch wide receivers from out of the frame. And I remember him, you broke. And I was like, I ain't worried because I know Pat is going to get it. Man, it looked like Patrick Willis had a deep freeze on his back, bro. <laughs> I was, that was the when I was like, oh, this dude, his next level speed, brother. You remember that play in San Fran? I remember it. I remember it. And they locked up and said I stepped out of bounds, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I went remember for like that, bro. seventy that play. I went for like seventy that play or whatever. That that play was crazy. The angle that not only Pat, but um, I forgot who y'all had that safety. He had a crazy angle on me or whatever. I broke the angle. Skull. Yeah, Steel, I ran it. It was yeah. like I think Deshaun Golson. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That was crazy. I remember that play. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I remember something off the field though. So you were talking about that that two thousand yard season. But uh, after that season, I don't know if you remember, the Super Bowl was in Miami that year. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember? Yeah. So mm-hmm. we go to some club down there, and um, it was you and Big Boy, Hainsworth. Big yeah. Kyle Hainsworth. And they wound up putting our table in the corner in the cut of this club, right? But I don't know if you remember, Diddy came out, and we wanted to get some champagne, and we bought Diddy bought all the bottles of champagne. So I'm talking about like 50, 60 bottles of champagne in the middle. They had the whole light show going on. Mm-hmm. And this is my 10th year in the league. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way out. You know what I'm saying? You just did yeah. your thing. Hainsworth just got broke off. And we happened to be at the same table. So we sitting there chilling. And I'm like, all right, I just want like a bottle of vodka or something, nothing major. Yeah, I was like, nah, they got all the, bo- all the, all the champagne. Give us the rest of what y'all got in the house. So I'm looking at you on Big Al, but like, yo, young homies, like, I ain't got time right now. Y'all bugging. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know you just killed him with 2,500 yards and Hainsworth got broke off. But I'm not trying to, you know, I didn't have my bouts with Diddy before. We just told the stories. I'm not battling this dude at yeah. this no light show. But the messed up part, yeah, I remember you said, I don't know if you remember, you said, yo, OG, sit this one out. We got it. And I'm sitting there like, all right, well, bet. Let's get up. <laughs> Let's run it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then y'all chill for like five minutes and left the section. So now it's me and all the, all the women sitting there with all these bottles. Can't nobody drink because y'all dipped and went to another table and, and ran it up over there, man. So like, you talked about the competitiveness, the speed, the willing to win. How would you? Why did you decide to go against Diddy in the club in Miami? Huh. To be honest with you, I'm gonna be real with you. That that I may have said that, but I know who I was with. <laughs> I ain't had no money like that. that was my that was my second year. I ain't yeah. had no money like that. I'm still on rookie contract. I'm with Albert. That's that's all Albert work right there. I can't <laughs> even take no parts on that. Like Albert the type, Albert the type, like y'all know how like you might go to a um to the mall or like a hotel or something. They 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 might have that car out there, like they trying to sell the car. There's a have that car in the front or something like that. Like we walk, we're walking somewhere, and they might have a Ferrari out there in front. Man, Albert will go buy it. Like not at no car dealership or nothing like that. We might be walking in the mall to go 
buy some t-shirts or something. They had a Ferrari sitting out there. Uh, y'all know how they had them cars in the middle of the mall. Yep. Able to buy it. So, Albert, you know, he, I think, I think Albert had just signed for like a hundred. He was yeah, the first he to sign for a hundred then. Yeah, he did. So yeah. so, yeah, I was with Big Homie all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Good yeah, time. yeah, I was with Big Homie all weekend. <laughs> good shit, man. Good shit. Uh, man. Mm-hmm. That, that that season, that 20, uh, 2009 season, um, not only was it a, a a milestone for you, but it was one of the best seasons from a running back. Uh, the best season. Before. The yeah. best season. I'm sorry? I say it was not one of the best seasons. It was the best season ever. Facts. Statistically, but I think what set yours apart was you ran for over 2,000 yards on the ground, but then you caught like, what, 500? Yeah, 500. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So That's stupid. That, that, that just eclipses everybody. And I was going to ask you, what is that rank? But you already said it's the best. So what, <laughs> how did you go into that season? And did you know it was going to start and end like that? Nah, not really, because we was having a lot of um, quarterback. It, I ain't going to say quarterback issues, but team was a little divided. Um, we just went 13-3. and three. We lost in the first round of the playoff. Not the first round, but we had to buy, and then we lost in that next game. But So coming back that next season, you know, Kerry Collins um, was the quarterback. Some people want events. Some people want to carry. So we started off the season kind of rough. We started the season zero and six, or whatever like that. Um, and I was having a I was having a cool year, or whatever like that. Um, and then it just seemed like when they switched over to Vince, things just went to going crazy. We won eight out of the last ten games, and it was just like man, every every single game I was busting long long runs. Catching the ball out of the backfield, um, it was just crazy, man. Mike Heimerdinger, man, I never seen another offense coordinator put together plays how he did. So it was just crazy. This segment is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965, which takes me back to my childhood years playing Pop Warner football. We were playing for the championship and we were down at halftime. Our coach was looking for something motivational. So what did he do? He looked at us and said, guys, if you do what you're supposed to do and win this football game, I'm taking everybody to McDonald's. Immediately, my mind went to, oh my goodness, I can't pass up this apple pie. So what did we do when our second half? Beat the football team, won the championship, and we all indulge at McDonald's. I'm loving it. At what point in the season, like I know they made the switch at the quarterback, but at what point did you realize, like you said, ran for over 2,000 yards, had over 500 yards receiving. At what point did you realize, man, I really got a chance to to go for over 2,000 and possibly even reach the the 700-yard 700 yard mark as far as receiving for running backs yeah well we probably was like week um what that was probably like week 10. yeah i think week 10 week 10 i probably had like 1400 yards already like week 10. we got six games left so it's like yeah right then i knew i had a chance and it's crazy because even y'all can google this or whatever 
before the season even started, I said I'm gonna run for two thousand yards this season. And I think I had got that mindset because in that playoff game, I think I had like eighty something yards like in the first quarter against Baltimore. And like Your rookie year. My rookie year. And that was the first game where it was like because that whole year we was like me and Lindell, we were smashing dash. So we were sharing the field. So that that playoff game, that was the first time really where we went in the game and like it was just me. Just me. You know what I'm saying? And I, I seen like I hadn't got comfortable the game hadn't started slowing down. So it was like I see how it is, like, you know what I'm saying? So when that happened, I'm like, okay. I know next year is going to be a little slower for me. And then going into training camp, uh, I still remember Coach Fish and Coach Heimerdinger, they called me in the office. they like, hey, we playing the offense on your back. We going, we going through you this year. And they told me that. I'm like, okay. I say, man, I'm rushing 2,000 yards this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just casually. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so when you look at the game today, we have a, you know, it's it's some premier backs in the game, but do you see any with the ability to have those type of numbers outside of your, your little bruh up at Tennessee? Yeah, outside of there, I can see Dalvin Cook doing it if he stay healthy. Who else? I can see um the new boy um Jonathan Taylor. Oh yeah, yeah. I can see him doing it. But the offense, the offensive scheme, it, it got to be right. You got to have a team that play defense and run the ball. Can't be trying to throw it all over the field and stuff like that. But you got to have the right offensive scheme. And then, shoot, you got to stay healthy, man. Yeah. You got to stay healthy. You look at it. That's what I'm saying. Like, even when you read out accolades, don't, don't nobody ever say, oh, six, seven years in a row, 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. That ain't happening these days. You, you, you talk about the, the top bats these days. They might come in here and give you thirteen hundred. Then next year they hurt. Yeah, yeah they hurt. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got to put it. You got to consistent. You got to put it together back to back. Like you look at um, what's his name? McCaffrey. He had that year. You know what I'm saying? I think he been hurt the last what two years. Can't put it together. You know when you look at it across the board. You know Derek Henry, man, is you look at the physicality. You look at the breakaway speed, and I thought he was always a good back, but I did not see him coming into the NFL, bro, and 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 dominating the way that he has been able to do. But you just brought up another name, Jonathan Taylor. I talked to Fred Warner, linebacker for the 49ers. We both did, and he talked about Jonathan Taylor way before Jonathan Taylor was Jonathan Taylor. So – when you look at his game, man, what makes him so good, bro, when you watch him play? Man, because he able to help in the passing game, go out there and catch the ball. And he's just a patient runner. He's a patient runner. He got speed to him, and he's tough in between them tackles. He can break them tackles. He can hit the home run. You know what I'm saying? That's Anytime I'm looking at a bat and I, I put them on a measuring stick to see if they're a good bat or if they can, you know, Rush for them two thousand yards and stuff like that. Like you're not gonna get a back like just a fast back that come in the game that just you run them on the outside and he just outrun everybody all the time. You'll never get two thousand yards like that. Uh, be one of the best backs in the league like that. You gotta have to run them between them tackles, run outside the tackles, not only break tackles. 
you gonna you gotta have breakaway speed. So when you do get out there in the secondary and do break that run, you gotta be able to take it to the house. That's the only way it's gonna happen. Yeah, you definitely did that. Like I said, one of the, I think one of the the things that are lost in your stats, even with that year, is that you were able to catch the ball out the backfield, like you said, and and shoot. A receiver coming in their second year in the league, they catch fifty catches at five hundred yards. That's a good year. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. That's a solid year as you as you building your your, your resume. But um, you talked about Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. You talked about injuries, and uh, he's down right now. So mm-hmm. how do you think your Titans gonna finish down the stretch, being that the the leading back in the league is out for the rest of the year? Well, our schedule favors us. Um, we on the on the weaker side of our schedule right now. But um, it's going to be tough because Julio on our, AJ on our, mm. we got um, Darren Henry on our. So it just seemed like the injury bug is really killing us right now. So we're just going to have to have some players step up and, and play some real good defense, man, because it seemed like all our offensive threats are hurt. So you got Tannehill out there. He can't do much by himself. He needs some weapons, man. It's going to be hard for him. But I think no, no matter how – how it plays out, I think we'll still make the playoffs and hopefully we get some of those guys back and, and go on the run. All right. So now, Chris, man, we're we going we gonna to talk to you about this now. You, you talked, you threw a little slight, you know, slight flex earlier talking about that, that 4240 that you had, bro. We don't think we, we didn't catch that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now, though, a little bit older, if you had to get out there and run a 40 today, what would you run? Do I get the train? I'm just out there right now. What do you think? We, we, we let you train. We give you good, what, six? What, we, six? Yeah, six we, weeks, we give you six. Six no, months? No, not six months. He's coming <laughs> off the couch. <laughs> six months? Yeah. Give me six months. If if you give me six months, I'll probably run like a 429. God dang. Man, come on, dog. Yeah. I ain't buying that one. You you would you would bet MG only 40 yards. I think I'm buying that one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's only 40 yards. Yeah, but them, them muscles, man, them muscles tighten up after a couple years, bro. Yeah, that's why I'm getting six months to train. <laughs> All right. So I, I like that. So we had T.O. on, on the podcast, mm-hmm. and he talked about, he was like, spikes in two. I still will be able to give it to him. I only need like a few months to train. And so I'm going to ask you this, because he takes great pride, and, and you know, T.O. always is hard for him to keep a shirt on when he's working out. So if you and him are able to race with the with the amount of time that we give you to train, who you like in this race, CJ? You serious? <laughs> oh, come on, man. You can't be serious. T.O.? I dust T.O. You know this, you know he's gonna see this now. I dust him. You know how they doing the new celebrity boxing with all the this yeah. and that and putting it on pay-per-view and all that? Set it up. Well, maybe we, we we might need to set this up, have yeah. it a behind the mask production over here. Set it up. I think we'll do that, yo. Yeah, let's do that. We go. We gonna schedule that for twenty twenty two. Cause you talk, you talking, you talking tough, man. We gonna see, man. man he won't beat me. I don't even got to train. Like we go out there right now, and I know we train more than I train. I don't even train the same way. Like I do cardio and stuff, and I just start bad lifting and stuff. But nah, Tio won't beat me. No way. All right, shit. I'm with you, yo. With T.O. like 50? T.O. 50? Yeah, T.O. 50. 
He's 48. He's 48. He's 48, but I guess you're saying that's close enough to 50 to consider him 50. Yeah, no, 50, man. Ain't no way. He's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. So fast forward, bro. I see uh, you got your twin sons playing ball, man. How, how was that? And uh, how'd you let them get into the game? Man, it's kind of good now. Like, when I was playing, I never really had the time to really invest in them as far as, like, time and getting them together because I was so focused on my own career and stuff like that. And not only that, I didn't want them to start playing as early, you know, with all the concussions and stuff like that. So um, this year they kind of probably like their second year playing or whatever. Um, they doing pretty good. Like, it's kind of hard for me because my expectations is so high. And, like, I want them to be better. I don't know if this is going to make sense, but it makes sense to me. I want them to be better, like, faster than it's coming alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's going to take time, but I want them to be good, like, right, right now. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But that's how we are. That's how we're built. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's take time. So, you know, they're going through the groans and pain and stuff like that. But they're getting better and better. They ain't where I want them to be right now, but I, I see it. It's coming. It's cool because I mean, at they how how old are they now? They nine. Oh, they nine. Yeah. So I mean, we ain't getting no scholarships at nine. You know what I'm saying? We you got plenty of time, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming though. They they fast. Both are fast. They, they ripped up too, man. Yeah, they ripped up. They always competing with each other, but man, for them to only be playing for only going on two years, and the things that I've done seeing them do, man. They got a real, real bright future ahead of them. So, you know, I'm going to stay on them and all that. So, like, they're going to be all right. Nice, man. Well, obviously, you know, when you have children, you got something to live for. You know, the next next generation, your legacy. But there was a time back in 2015 where you you had a life-changing moment and mm -hmm. uh, you were a passenger in the car, a uh, car that got shot up. So that obviously, I would think, took your life in a whole different perspective. So briefly, bring us back to that incident. Tell us about that. Man, that incident was crazy, man, because I, was I wasn't even supposed to be there. Like, I was in L.A., so, like, it was, you know, everybody have that certain moment or that time in their career where they like, man, nah, this ain't it. I got to get back to what I was doing day one. Like, I got to, like, just lock in and focus and all that. And, like, that was right when I was just – I went to the Jets – and I was leaving the Jets, and we finna go into free agency. So I'm like, man, I'm finna get out of Florida. I'm finna go out to L.A. I'm finna train. So I was out there training for like a week. But some was telling me not to come back, but I came back for a party or whatever like that. So I came back after the party, whatever, end up going. Um, I think we were going to the studio or something like that. So I'm on my way home. It was me and like two of my best friends. So we leave and we getting ready to leave. And then just out of nowhere, like, man, it happened so fast. Like, it's just out of nowhere. You just hear the windows busting and stuff like that. And then, like, I'm like, I'm sitting in a passenger seat. So at this time, after that, I still don't really know what then happened. So I reached to, like, open the door, but my whole, my whole arm wouldn't move. So I'm like, dang, what's going on? So I look to my left, best friend, R.P. Uh, Rowley, look to the left, he just slumped over. He slumped over, I'm like, so I'm shaking, I'm like, bro, 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 
whatever. He ain't moving nothing. So at this point, like I know, I know he was gone. So I'm like, dang. So I finally like, all of the strength in me, I end up opening the door. When I open the door and get out, I see my other one of my other best friends that was he was sitting behind me. When I opened the door and looked to my right, I see him. He laid out on the ground. Had I got shot like six times. He laid out on the ground like, dang. Know what I'm saying? So I'm like, at this point, man, everything just happened so fast. So like, like just that situation, like it, it like it changed me because like not only I'm in the lead, like chasing my dream or whatever my dream that came true. Like I got kids at this point. I got my twins, this and that. So it just made me move different, think different. A lot of places I used to go, like as far as going back to the hood. And being at certain clubs that, like, I know I shouldn't be at this hole in the wall, different stuff. I don't really go to them places no more because I know things can happen anywhere, but they most likely to happen in some of the areas that I used to be in. So, you know what I'm saying? I don't even I don't go around them areas no more. I don't do none of that no more. Like, I just, you know, I stay out of the way. I stay out of the way. So I feel like it changed it changed me because maybe if that stuff wouldn't have happened, I probably would have still been around doing the same things. Like, you know, how they say you make it, don't don't forget about the people in the hood, go back to the hood, this and that. Yeah. I used to go to the hood all the time, like all the time, all season. I'm done working out, I'm at the house chilling, that going on I'm over in the hood. I'm just chilling, man. But like after that situation, like Nah, I don't do none of that no more. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, it, it changed. It changed me in a big way. Like, I moved different. I don't do a lot of stuff I used to do and stuff like that. Like, I got kids, man. I got to survive for them or whatever. So, basically, long story short. Yeah, and you talk about the perspective. And you mentioned that earlier. And you say you just got to move differently. And you talked about your twins, uh, your, your two boys. And just from that perspective of you mentioning earlier, what did it do for you to change the mindset with always moving forward with them, keeping them in mind? How did it change your perspective moving forward? And what are some of the things that you do to ensure that they don't have to go through some of the same things that you went through? You know, me being that I'm blessed and stuff like that, me my dream able to come true and I'm able to provide for them different and stuff, you know, have make them grow up better, put them in better situations. I always have them in something, some type of sports or something, just keeping them busy. You know what I'm saying? Not just having them, like, running around the neighborhood or just, like, because a lot of times, like, especially these younger kids and stuff like that, they get into things because they're bored. They don't have nothing going on. They don't have nothing to do. So um, I sit down, I talk to my kids all the time, any situation, stuff like that. Like, I just let them know, like, whatever it is, like, you can come to me, you can talk to me, you can tell me. Only thing I don't accept, like, I don't accept lying. Don't lie to me. Tell me, like, because I'm the only one can help you in any situation. Tell me the truth or whatever, because kids going to be kids. They're going to get in trouble. They're going to do things. You just got to let them understand. So um, only way really like I try to help them is like just always keep them involved in something, some type of sports, keep them busy, stuff like that. And just let them know, don't let their friends influence them 
to do things at the end of the day. You talk about staying busy. Obviously, you got your twins. You have a daughter as well, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so aside from the kids and the family life, what else keeps Chris Johnson busy these days with businesses? What, what type of things are you pursuing? Well, I got a coffee shop that I just opened. We've been open for like five months. So a lot of my focus and energy has been like straight that like it being my first business, I never knew it took as much work and focus and stuff like that. It's a lot goes into it. So like when it first started, I used to go in, I do used to prep the food here and there and stuff like that. But like my main focus, what I do now as far as the health, the business stuff, because I have a GM who run really the daily operations. I be doing different stuff, trying to like come up with different things to get people in the door, like different marketing schemes and like all types of different stuff. Like I just be every day thinking of different things, doing this event or doing this type of event at the shop to just get people in the door and stuff like that. Like when I first opened, it started off a little slow, but like it's just seemed like every month it's picking up more and more and more. So um, hopefully by the time I get to to a year, it's where I want it to be. And then I'll start working, up, working on opening up the second location. Well, you got to give us the name of the yeah. coffee shop, bro, because yeah. I like that good old Joe now. <laughs> I need to find. Yeah, it's, um, it's Just Love Coffee. Um, it's a franchise. So the one down here is Just Love Clearmont. Man, you kind of you go on the Instagram page. You the the Instagram name is Just Love Clearmont as well. The website www.justloveclearmont.com. Anything you go on there, we got merchandise, all that. Even if you're not in Orlando and you want to get, I got a special blend of coffee that I sell that has my story on it. It have my personalized bag, my signature on it. I got my barber heads in there. Any type of coffee you want from the shop, any shirt, any hoodie, any of that. Even if you don't live in Orlando, all you have to do is go to the website. The number is on there. You call the store, put your order in, and we will we will get your order together and we'll ship it out to you. So just because you're in Orlando, you still can get you still can get the coffee bags, any coffee bags, any merchandise, any coffee mug, all that. We do our own shipping. We'll ship it to you and everything. So, and it has a charitable component to it as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. So for my not any other coffee, but just for my special blend, my bobbleheads and stuff. If you buy that, we donate some of the proceeds to um to my foundation, which is the Chris Johnson Twenty Eight Foundation. And that foundation, we help at-risk kids. Um, we do a whole bunch of different events as far as we do Christmas where we go door-to-door and give Christmases to families that don't have no Christmas. We do turkey drive. We do bike giveaways. We do shoe giveaways, um, back to school. We do all, all types of stuff. So when I finish playing football, I wanted to get into something where I can continue that. So um, me getting into this, it helps me continue to do those things. Man, you you doing it all, bro. A salute to that. And then man, I went on your um, your IG page and I saw you you inked the deal with Bet MGM as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that about? Yeah, that was big. That deal, I was kind of like surprised. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> I was surprised about that deal. I'm like, what Bet MGM? Like, 
it don't really make sense. Like I'm talking to my marketing guy. He was like, well, it just opened up in Tennessee or whatever. And like you the perfect guy for it because like I'm pretty sure if you could do players that was playing, they probably gave it to Derrick Henry. But you know, while we playing, we can't do none of that stuff. We can't do I don't I think it's alcohol or something. We can't do nothing with bedding and stuff like that. And me being probably like one of the biggest names out of the Tennessee Titans or whatever, it was perfect or whatever. Um, me being the ambassador for Bet MGM um, and stuff like that, um, it's been real good. Um, great opportunity. I love it, man. Bro, you accomplished a lot. We talked about the personal records. You still holding the single season record when it comes to yards from scrimmage. At the end of the day, you know, we all want to be remembered. So I'm going to ask you this question. What do you want your legacy to be when people look back at your career? I want them to say, I want them to say that Chris Johnson came and changed the game at the running back position. When I came in the game, guys that wasn't 225, 230, they was they was not every down backs. They was in you 200 pounds, 205, 195. When you came in the league, you knew you was going to be a third down back or something like that. You was not every down backs. When I came in the league and I did what I did, then guys started to get drafted top 10, top 15 that were smaller running backs in the draft. And now you look around today's game, you see starting running backs at that weight. You got McCaffrey. You got Alvin Kamara, you got Devin Cook. You got those guys, like, those guys are the starting guys, the main guys <clears throat> getting getting paid a lot of money and stuff like that. That wasn't happening before me. So when, when people think of me, I want them to know, like, I was the guy to, to come in and I changed the game. Like C.J. Spiller, I think a year or two after I did what I did, and he came in, C.J. Spiller went, like, top 10. Yep. <laughs> and, this was, and this was a time to where, to your point, they had devalued the running back position so much to where fans always thought, well, the only way that you can run the football, you got to have two quality backs. Right. And, and, and if you're not 220-plus pounds, you're not the back that's going to carry the team and get the the sole load of the uh, the reps every week. So, mm-hmm. bro, like to that point, like I can dig it. And 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 your word that you speak, you really can stand on because it's really a testament to look at not so much what came before you, which you highlighted, but what came after you. And everybody had to fit that trend because they was trying to find the next CJ two K, bro. Because yeah, even when I even when I came out in the draft, I was the um I was the fifth I went in the first round, but I was the fifth running back. They took they took me fat and fat was like two twenty. They took Stewart. Stu, Stewart was like two forty, two thirty five. They took Minnehaw, he was like two thirty, two thirty five. Took Felix Jones, Felix Jones was like two fifteen. Know what I'm saying? I was 200 pounds with a 424, and I still was the fifth running back to come off the board. But even then, when I was being drafted, like if I only ran a 424, I probably wouldn't have went first round. Know what I'm saying? But 
that speed took it to where too many teams couldn't pass me. But even then, you got four guys that I still say to this day, no matter what, them guys weren't better than me. You look at the film, you look at everything that I did up until draft, none of them guys was better than me. None of them guys was um, was faster than me. Only thing they had on me was they was 225, which was the NFL running back prototype, and they went to a bigger school. Like even me coming out of high school, going to college, all that, People try to get me to switch position and stuff like that. I was like, shit, you'll never, you'll never be an NFL running back. You don't weigh enough. Know what I'm saying? So, but I'm like, no, nah, I'm playing running back. I stuck to it. I went to the NFL and I did what I did. I came out my rookie year, wrestled 1,300 yards, and then came back and wrestled 2,000 yards. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> after that, now the proto, it don't matter how big you is at running back. You go high first round. You can be the every down back. You can do all that. So when it comes to when you say what I want to be known as, I want to be known as that player who changed the game. You definitely did, man. We know it's a copycat league. So to your point, other teams started drafting similar style backs to you. But one thing they can't copycat is your realness and your authenticity, bro. So we definitely appreciate you coming on the Behind the Mask podcast. If we could ever do anything, you know what I'm saying? We ain't as fast as you. Slow feet don't eat. Anything <laughs> for you, bro. Let us know, man. Definitely appreciate you, man. Appreciate for having me, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.